SAFM Sports Wrap. Good evening to you. I'm Brad Brown. Thank you so much for joining us this evening on South Africa's news and information leader. It's brilliant to have you with us. Coming up on tonight's show, we'll be chatting uh, about the South African Open, the BMW South African Open that's taking place at Glendower later on this week. We'll also uh, hear from the brand new Maritzburg United coach, Roger de Sa, and we'll also talk about the FIFA Best of Awards that took place last night uh, in Zurich, Switzerland. Joe Cran was there, and we'll head over to London to find out uh, his thoughts on the awards and the big winners on the night. But let's start with uh, stories making news today, and as you've heard, uh, former Ajax Cape Town boss Roger de Sar has been unveiled as Maritzburg United's new coach. He takes over the reins from Ernst Biddendorp, who quit last November. And as I mentioned, we'll hear from him later on in this evening's show. In international football news, the FIFA Council has unanimously decided on an extended World Cup from 2026. The Council voted in favour of a 48-team tournament, which will consist of 16 groups of three teams. The top two teams from each group will advance through to the knockout stages. It'll start with a round of 32, then move to 16, 8, quarterfinal, semis, and then final. News out of England, Bournemouth have received clearance from the DR Congo which will allow striker Benica Fobe to play for them during the AFCON 2017 tournament uh, he's not in Gabon on to some cricket news now and South Africa continue their preparations ahead of the third and final test against Sri Lanka that one taking place at the Bidvest Wanderers in Johannesburg this week Proteas bowling coach Charles Langefeld is concerned about the number of players who are choosing to take up Colpac agreements. Last week, Kyle Abbott and Riley Rousseau both chose to give up their national contracts, and yesterday David Visser announced that he'll be joining Sussex. Langefeld says they're keeping a close eye on the young players coming through the ranks. We, we do have to look at what our next line of players is. The A side, I've spoken to Vernon, there's a few young and upcoming bowlers, but international cricket, it's a big step up. So we have to, I think the next couple of months, invest in, I think Vernon will have to ease that international coaching experience so he will know the best who's the next in line. In the same breath, Langefeld says he does understand why Kyle Abbott chose to move. I think it's an exciting time. We've had that in, in previous years where guys have left going to play cold park cricket and it's going to be a challenge. Uh, pound versus land is always going to be a challenge and it's a thing we can't control. It's difficult to control but you know playing international for your country is always uh, is one of those things. It's, it's, it's close to your heart. Uh, whatever decision Abbott made, I respect it. Uh, he's been a loyal servant for South African cricket. Uh, he's been the unlucky guy for how many years? So all the best to him and his future. On to golf now, Rory McIlroy is the favourite heading into this weekend's BMW South African Open at Glendower. The world number two is in town and he says he's not here on holiday, he's here to win. I feel in a very competitive frame of mind, I'm not, I'm not down here just enjoying myself, I want to start the year off very well and um, you know, I, I want to play well and get my confidence up from the beginning. Meanwhile, defending champion Brandon Stone says he's not going to let McElroy have his own way. This is always going to be very close to my heart. The S Open is, like I say, my national open. It's my fifth major. To have my name on the trophy at 22, 23 now is obviously quite special. But I don't want to make. I want to make sure that that's not the only time that it appears. You've got guys like Gary Player and Ernie and Retief who've got it on there a few times. So yes, I've got it on now, but I want to get it on there a few more times. 
On to some tennis news. Maria Sharapova will make her professional comeback at the Porsche Grand Prix in Stuttgart on the 26th of April this year. That after a 15-month doping ban. There's lots of tennis happening down under ahead of the first Grand Slam of the year. It wasn't a good day, though, for the seeds at the Sydney International. World number one Angelique Kerber suffered a 6-7-2-6 loss to Daria Katsikina in the second round. Third seed Dominika Siblakova also crashed out. She went down 4-6-3-6 to Eugenie Burchard, while Anastasia Pavlinchenkova stunned fifth seed Svetlana Kuznetsova 7-5-6-3. She's advanced through to the third round. Bad news for hometown favourite bad boy Nick Kyrgios. Uh, world number 14 is withdrawn from the World Tennis Challenge, which is taking place in Adelaide. He's picked up a knee injury. No news yet, though, if he will play in the Australian Open. Coming up next, we'll chat some football. SAFM Sports Wrap. Well, the big news of the day is uh, the new Maritzburg United coach, Roger Desai, and he says uh, openness and understanding with the chairman, Farouk Karodia, was the key reason for him joining the team of choice after he was unveiled as coach today. The 52-year-old signed a 30-month contract with United. He replaces Ernst Middendorp, who quit last November. The club is coping well in the interim under caretaker coaches Fadlu and Manir Davids. Uh, but there's no secrets uh, to their desire to bring in the new man to Maritzburg. Desar admitted it was one of his favoured destinations, although he knows he's in for a tough time. I think the most important thing is is the openness that I've had with, with the chairman. You know, we've always had open and honest discussions. I don't think he's hid anything away from me, and that's, that's what's important. You know, it's the honesty and the openness that we talk about. We know we know the difficulty of, of the club, you know, um, I think this club is, is is run, you know, by you know by one man alone, just about. So I might be wrong in saying this, but I've always seen Farouk as the the main head of the club. So there are challenges, of course. It's it's a it's in a city that obviously doesn't draw massive sponsorships and things like that. You know that you're always going to be playing, you know, second fiddle to the bigger brands that are up in Joburg that attract. But obviously the challenges are to try and match that, to try and get. You know, the attention of those brands from up there to notice us around the nation, around the country, and, and hopefully we can do it. And the only way we're going to do it is with a bit of success. So hopefully we can, you know, like I said, be more consistent, try getting to the top eight, of course, that, that's one priority. Try and have a decent cup run. Try and keep the players here longer than, than it's been in the past. And the players will stay here if the club is successful. That's what we want to do. Kudodia had spoken in December about his willingness to wait for Desai, who parted company with Ajax after a poor start to their season. They failed to win any of their six matches and left them bottom of the absent premiership table. The former Orlando Pirates boss wanted uh, an extended break after his time at the Urban Warriors, and Kudodia revealed how he always had an eye on the former Bafana Bafana goalkeeper. Look, uh, the year that we got promotion into the PSL, uh, that was the year that we really eyed uh, Roger. And we engage in talks for the time. And we always hope that uh, at uh, some stage he'll be available when we needed somebody. And I don't believe in going down the back door and pulling out a course of unemployment. So uh, it took us time. And the thing is that uh, when this opportunity came around that Ernst uh, resigned and uh, Roger was available, we engaged some serious talks as far as the future of the club, as far as his uh, vision of the club. And uh, we needed to cement that together. 
and uh, there's no need for pressure. Uh, you know, everybody expected us to uh, appoint a coach within 14 days for the departure of us, but not, but we felt no. Uh, we have uh, the technical team under the guise of Andrew Davids that can basically stable the ship, and there's no need to. Uh, we know exactly that it is our belief that uh, the kind of managerial skills that Roger holds is second to none. Dessar lauded the foundations laid by his predecessor, Steve Compello, who left for Chiefs in 2015 and Middendorp after he stepped down in November. He believes the pair, along with the Davids brothers, will make his transition in KwaZulu-Natal much easier. United are currently eighth on the league table and are presently unbeaten in their last five games. Absolutely. I think uh, both Ernst and Steve in the past have done a, a great job. I thought they, they got the club going as well. They're a little bit of stability and, and consistency going. You know, both very good coaches. So that makes my job a lot easier. And then not forgetting, you know, Fadlu and Mayer and, and, and the guys that stayed on in the interim period as well. So important that the ship, you know, stayed on, you know, on course and, uh, and they've done a great job, all of them. There had been much speculation linking Dessar to the Bafana Bafana job since his departure from the Urban Warriors, even prior to Sheikh Mashaba's sacking last month. But in today's press conference, he rubbished those claims. It's not true. I've never spoken to Safa. <laughs> okay. So, and Safa's never spoken to me. So, often when I open the newspaper, my wife and I would, would, would read our, my life story and I, I don't know anything about it. <laughs> so, you guys seem to know more than us sometimes. So, no. Um, when I first resigned and, uh, from Ajax and a couple of weeks later, Farouk spoke to me. I did say to him, look, I'm, I'm having a bit of a holiday now. I've never had a holiday for, for the last 30 years. needed to have a proper break, and which I did. And, um, you know, fortunately, Fadu Mayer did a great job, which made our decision easier to delay it until January. And I had a few commitments to, to, to uphold as well. I've got a couple of, you know, businesses and a couple of interests that I had to see to. And... Um, yeah, so my commitment was always going to be in January. So there was no delay because of SAFA. Um, at the time, Sheikhs was employed by SAFA. So I don't know where that came from. Of course, there were other interests. There were other clubs and, and you know from all over that, that sort of spoke to my agent and spoke to myself. But as far as SAFA is concerned, that's been sort of fabricated by I don't know who. Tassar, who has also previously managed Bidvest, Witz and Santos after a playing career as a goalkeeper, with most notably the students Morocco Swallows and Mamelodi Sundowns, admits that his immediate target is to get the club to 30 points this season. 30 points is your first priority. And if we can get to that as quickly as possible, if we could get to 30 points in the next four games, it would be fantastic. Um, but that's, that's dreaming a little bit. But ideally, we want to get to that as quickly as possible and get to above 40 I think that's realistic for us because right now we're sitting mid-table and uh, in our memories we still got last season that you know it was a fight but in my mind is you know is the glass half full or half empty and I'd like to believe that you know we are half full and uh, we've got to look ahead of us and which teams can we catch up to. Kadaria echoed similar sentiments, saying the desire for the club was to ultimately end in the top eight. He felt that the way they had progressed along the season meant all signs were there to meet their ambitions, although he stopped short of speaking on mandates on the coach Desar. Without doubt, uh, when we started the season, 
our ambition was a strong uh, top eight. When I meant uh, about achieving, uh, we needed to pay back the supporters of last season. Uh, they did a, a, an exceptional uh, job of keeping the team afloat. Uh, the, rea- the reality that the push that the supporters gave us, game after game at Harigwala, was the energy that we needed right until the last game. And uh, we realized that uh, we cannot have a situation where we compromise the quality of the team and the technical team. So we did our best in assembling a strong team to get to where we are now in our eighth uh, position. And as I said, that we're not looking behind us, looking ahead, that uh, we need to finish the season and uh, give the joy and celebration to the people of Marisburg. The fact that we've engaged in a quality coach uh, shows another side that we've all, always invested in the city to have the best that we can make available. This is Sport on SAFM, every supporter's greatest resource. You're listening to SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Last night, all eyes were on Zurich in Switzerland for the 2016 Best FIFA Football Awards. Yes, 2016, it was at the awards of all the best of last year. Someone who was there was Sokla Dumas, Joe Cran. Joe joins us now. He's at Heathrow Airport in London. Joe, welcome on to SAFM Sports Show. Thanks for your time tonight. Oh, it's always a pleasure, but it's uh, yeah. I just hope that there's no announcements, but you never know. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Great, great night out last night. Glitzy, glitzy event. Uh, we'll chat about the winners. But as far as the, the award ceremony was the inaugural, was it uh, all that it was cracked up to be? Um, to, be to be honest, um, from a media perspective, it's you don't really see much of it. I mean, we all get pushed into a media center and we we watch it on a on a big screen basically, and then we go through to the the green car. Well, a lucky few of us get to go through to the green carpet afterwards. Um, so it's not really glitzy from from our perspective, but it, it, I mean, it, it seemed to go quite quite well. It was a it seemed to be a well run award, and I was I was pretty happy with how short it was. They, they kind of it was a bit of a one bam thank you ma'am kind of kind of thing. So that was quite nice. We were hanging around for ages watching a load of acts take place and that sort of thing. So yeah, it was good. I, I enjoyed it. it. Was it was a nice trip and uh, yeah, I mean Zurich's a beautiful city as well. It, it is incredible. Cristiano Ronaldo winning uh, best male player of the year. Any surprises there? I don't think so. I think as soon as he won the Ballon d'Or, we all we all really knew that there was never going to be any real difference. Um, I think the, the the main shock. I mean, I know it's, it's done by different voters, but I think one of the big shocks was was Antoine Griezmann um, making the top three, but not making the team of the year, which seems like a little bit of a, a strange one. But um, yeah, other than that, I don't think there was any real surprises on the night. Uh, I think probably one that could have been argued was was Carly Lloyd. I think that, that a lot of people felt that she probably wasn't the most deserving uh, female in 2016, but it all boils down to opinion in the end, and it is voted by her peers, so uh, you, it's, it's difficult to argue, really. Joe, I, I was quite surprised, and, and it's no disrespect to, to their fans. Liverpool winning the sort of team fans of the year. Iceland were in that category too, and if you think back to the Euros, I know you, you ended up going to, to a couple of the games. I, I mean, that Icelandic support during the Euros was, was phenomenal. It was. I mean, the Icelandic fans were fantastic. I actually went to their game when they when they got battered by France, and, and even then they were they were singing and they were chanting and they were just there to have a time, really. And I think, I mean, they, 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 they well, I think the, the the Liverpool Dortmund thing is is a little bit more emotional. I think uh, because it was it, the, the link to the '96 fans that passed away, the Hillsborough disaster. It has it has that aspect to it, and, and I think that is a it's definitely something that, that, that probably swayed it in their favour. I think that. The fans, from a from a fan point of view, were fantastic in the, with the Icelandic uh, the Icelandic guys. Well. Okay, there's there's a little bit more emotion and a little bit more um, 
like I say, it's a little bit more uh, touching with mental and, and it did. It sounded great. I mean, we all saw it on TV and we saw it and it was that's what was about. That's what we want to be in the in the all, all the nominees were were sort of examples of, of what we want to see in football. Joe, as, as far as the, the goal of the year, there was some South African interest, not in the shortlist for last night, but he was in the top 10. Shlomo Kukana's uh, incredible goal last year, not making the cut. But uh, as far as goal of the year, you are you you reckon that was the one? I think it was. I mean, when, when we when we come down to these goals, I mean, we, we, we saw all the nominees and there was Messi who was there, Neymar who was there, obviously Slumpo was there as well. Um, all fantastic, fantastic goals, and it, it is very difficult to pick. I mean, personally, um, if it was me, uh, when it came to the final three, I'd, I'd have gone for Dennis Rodriguez. I think hers was the was, was a fantastic, fantastic goal. But um, I mean, the Malaysian boy that won it—I mean, you could see with his with his speech afterwards. I don't think he was really expecting to. But when you smash in a free kick from that kind of distance and with that kind of swerve, I mean, it is—it's it's fantastic. I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens next year. We I mean, obviously with. We've seen uh, Giroud with his scorpion kick, uh, Mkhitaryan with his scorpion kick. We've seen Oscar Masoluke in South Africa with his overhead goal, goal, goalkeeper overhead kick in the last minute. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty hopeful that we'll have some more South African interest uh, at next year's awards as well. And, and hopefully we can we can see him at least make the final three there at that time. Absolutely. You, you mentioned the Ballon d'Or a little bit earlier on as well. Obviously, there's there's been uh, some issues. Uh, this this sort of replacing that. What What's the, the background to that, Joe? I think uh, I think the crux of it is that basically FIFA want to make it their own thing. Um, uh, obviously, the Ballon d'Or and, and, and the FIFA Player of the Year have been have been linked for a long time, and, and I think it, it did get to a point now where where FIFA decided they wanted to, to make it their own baby. It, it definitely felt like that last night. It felt I mean I, I never I was never kid enough to go to a Ballon d'Or, but it, it felt very um, felt very FIFA bad. I mean, like it was very much. Um, their, their thing and I think that's what they, they're looking for really they want to make it make it their own rather than it be be shared with somebody else and then just touching on FIFA as well obviously their council voted today unanimously in favour of a, an expanded World Cup from 2026 your thoughts on that 48 teams that's that's big yeah I mean it's, it's obviously got its pros and cons like anything I suppose it's, it's just it's a situation where um, I'm not sure that the pros um, outweigh the cons of it. I think it's already felt a little bit like we have too many teams in the World Cup already, um, and uh, now quality is, is definitely going to be diluted. We we know that for a fact. I mean, when we're pushing up to 48 teams, there are going to be teams there that, that go there and either get a hiding or or set up shop and, and play for a draw because they're, they're playing somebody that they know they can't beat. So um, it's, it's obviously we're going to have to wait, and it's still a while away. I mean, 2026 is. It's still nearly a decade away, so it's it's going to be a long time coming, and it'll be interesting to see how they how they split up in terms of uh, where those where those new nations come from. I think um, the general consensus is that they're going to come from Africa and, and, and Asia, which is which is great, especially from from our perspective, because maybe before have a better chance of qualifying if there's more teams going there. But um, yeah, I think that there are, like I say, more pros and more pros and cons to look at. But we've also got to look at the fact that now we've got three teams in a group, so maybe it'll. Uh, the opening game won't be so cagey because you know you've got to go for a win. But again, on the other side of the coin, some teams are going to go there. Their fans are going to fly out to wherever this World Cup might be and, and they're going to see two games and that'll be it. I mean, it's uh, for some people, it'll be a long way to go for, for two matches. So, like I guess it's very much a case of, of pros and cons. And 
I'm, I'll be honest. I'm, I'm not. I'm not sold. Uh, I think we are. Obviously, we're gonna have more games to watch, which is good from a football perspective, football fans' perspective. But the the quality of the games might be might be diluted slightly, and, and that's obviously a worry. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Joe Grant, thank you very much for your time here on SAFM Sport Chat. Much appreciated. Uh, safe travels back, and uh, we look forward to catching up when you're back on on South African soil. Definitely, when I'm a little bit warmer. <laughs> Take care, mate. You're listening to Sport on SAFM, the next best thing to being at the game. You're listening to South Africa's news and information leader. Lots of uh, sport to look forward to in Johannesburg this weekend. There's obviously the third and final test match between the Proteas and Sri Lanka at Midwest Wanderers, but there's also a big golf taking place in Ukuruleni at the Glendower Country Club, one of my favourite courses in the country. It is the next edition of uh, the longest standing Open in the world. It's the South African Open, and uh, it's looking like it's going to be a fabulous weekend of golf. We join now by our man on the ground, Michael Flismus. Michael, welcome on to SAFM Sports Wrap this evening. Uh, it's looking like it's going to be quite an interesting uh, weekend of golf, particularly with the current world number two in town. Yeah, what a field, Brad. It's uh, it's fantastic to have seen the the, the resurrection of the SAFM uh, since uh, Ernie Els' involvement and uh, as as sort of player host. And uh, he's really taken it uh, to heart to to bring some big name players out here again and and uh, and get those uh, those stars teeing it up in the SA Open again. And yeah, world number two Rory McIlroy is here as a as a thank you for Ernie playing in his event, uh, the Irish Open, which he was the host of and supporting his charities. So um, it was a little bit of uh, pressure exerted by the seven-foot elsewhere, which is nothing wrong. We, we like that. And uh, and then uh, Richard Wilson is in the field. So Nick Saldo is here. We've got um, you know Brandon Stone, the defending champion, Darren Clark. So I think you've got five major winners, three former world number ones. And uh, I think it's going to be a very exciting week. Yeah, great, great way to start the year as well. But uh, Rory McIlroy, he's basically said he's not here on holiday. He he wants to play some good golf this weekend. Although I, I did see a, a tweet that he posted at a at a, a game reserve with a, a pretty hungry looking lion, and uh, he looked pretty freaked out though, didn't he, Michael? <laughs> it was it was a great tweet. He was asked about it today in the press conference, and. Uh, and he said, you know, you always you, you trust the game ranger and, and everybody on the vehicle, and they're all telling you, don't worry, he's not going to come near us. Uh, we're all safe in the vehicle. He says, but uh, when when that line was, and uh, he says it reverberates through your chest like that. He says you tend to feel pretty small pretty quickly. And <laughs> but uh, yeah, he loved it. He said, uh, you know, he, he he was adamant that he's not down here just for a holiday and not down for just an easy week um he's got some big goals for this year obviously and he wants to start quickly um and he said he wants to he wants to start the year strong and get the confidence up he's been working pretty hard in the off season um well what 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 little off season there is in world golf these days um he only had a a break over the week of christmas but before that was in dubai testing equipment and uh trying out a few things um, had that break over Christmas and then uh, went back to Dubai and was working hard in his game there as well. So, yeah, but uh, but definitely said, you know, you come to South Africa, 
he was wanting to do something a little bit different as well. So four days in the bush and that lion sighting definitely ticked the box for him. Well, you can tell him he doesn't have to be fast enough to outrun a lion. He just needs to outrun the rest of the guys on the van with him. That's, that's all he has to do. Actually, because I think he's got a lion head cover on his van. He's really taken the African vibe to heart. I love it. I absolutely love it. Well, someone who also was at the press conference today is defending champion Brandon Stone. And, and he was saying, you know what? He doesn't want to just have one title to his name. He looks at the greats in, in South African golf, uh, the likes of Ernie Els, the likes of, of Gary Player, and, and he said he wants to be up there with them. So uh, what are his chances this weekend? Yeah, he's, uh, you know, Brandon Stone is oozing confidence at the moment. You know, he finished off 2016 with that great victory at Leopard Creek in the Alpha Daniel Championship, uh, a dominant performance there. And, uh, and uh, he, took, he took some good time off, uh, you know, just uh, spent a lot of time at home, and uh, working on the house, uh, watching movies, and just played the odd social round with a few friends. But, I mean, you know, after Leopard Creek, he never unpacked his boot, didn't take his golf clubs out of his car boot for two weeks. So, you know, he, he, he had some good time to uh, reflect on, on what he said was a, a really good 2016. He hasn't didn't play as well as he would have liked in Europe. But, uh, but you know, to be fair, as he says, if you'd given him, you know, two European Tour titles, a Sunshine Tour title, um, playing in two majors and featuring in the Olympics, um, that's, that's a big year. And uh, so he was pretty happy with that. Having said that, that's raised the bar for Brandon Stone, and he knows it. It's, uh, it's 2017. He needs to improve on that, and he wants to improve on that. And that's why he's coming out this week saying... Uh, he doesn't just want his name on that trophy once. He wants to get up there. You know, Ernie's won it a couple of times. Chief Horson's won it a couple of times. Gary Player, of course, the record 13 times. And, and he wants his name on there a few more times. He says it's the fifth major for him. And, uh, and he wants to keep, uh, keep winning it as much as he can. Michael, let's talk about the course. Obviously, the weather in, in Kaoteng has been pretty wet uh, for the last little while. Uh, is, is the course in good nick? Has the, the sort of uh, greenkeeper been able to, to, to get it to where he wants it to be? Oh, they've done a great job. You know, uh, considering how much rain that they've had yeah, there's, uh, there's no sign that, uh, you know, the course has been waterlogged at all. Bunkers are looking good. Greens are looking great. It is obviously soft. And uh, that means it plays long, but the greens are receptive. And uh, a soft golf course, um, a lot of the times your professional is going to walk onto it with a big smile on his face because uh, they can really attack those flags. So, uh, you know, I was just watching in the pro-am today, a lot of them just firing straight at the flags and the ball just stopping dead, you know, a lot of them within, you know, within a meter of the hole. So uh, I think you can see a lot of that. Um, as a result of the, of, of the rain, the rough, and, 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 and particularly around the greens, is up. It's quite lush as a result of that. So, uh, so you want to be on the fairways. They know that. And uh, you just want to be hitting fairways and greens. And then, then you're definitely going to be in the money. But, uh, but yeah, I think it, it's looking great. And uh, the, the professionals that came in today all saying, you know, it, it, it is the kind of golf course that uh, certainly McElroy, his first look at it, saying, you know, he likes it and, uh, and you know, it's got the pedigree. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's, it's definitely going to be the kind of course that will suit a good ball striker here. You mentioned the Big Easy. He's hosting uh, this weekend, and that's, as you said, uh, the reason Rory McElroy is here. What's, what's Ernie looking like this weekend? Has he, got a, has he got a chance? Has he been playing much golf? He's, uh, he, you know, he's, he's, he says his game is feeling good and he's getting, he's working on a few things. Um, he was, he was a bit honest about the last two years, especially in America. I think his word was atrocious, but <laughs> he said it with a smile on his face and, uh, he knows, uh, it's not where his game 
certainly, um, you know, his standard wants to be. Um, but uh, but he's got Dr. Cheryl Calders here this week. She's working with a couple of players, himself included. Um, so, uh, you know, I think it's, it's that time of the year when they want to just, you know, work on a couple of things and get a few things under the belt as quickly as possible. Um, but yes, Ernie speaking a lot about, you know, he's in that different phase in his life now. You know, this is, this is a, a kind of a legacy thing for him, this tournament. He wants to, to invest a lot of his time in this event. He's else for autism cause as well. And, and supports a lot of those kind of things. He also spoke quite often. I asked him about Wayne Westner and uh, the passing of, of a man he played in two World Cup of golf with. One of them they won in 96 at Erinvale. They defended in 97. And... Uh